wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Oh, good morning, everybody. Um, You have a uh, uh, sleepy, some sleepy hosts. Yeah, we're kind of. Uh, a little maladjusted <laughs> this morning, we'll say. And, uh, well, we we made it back home mm-hmm. um, from back from Ensenada, Ensenada, Ensenada. And uh, oh my gosh, I don't know if any of you have ever done a um, a trip through the Tijuana border. It took us, I don't know. Um, wow, craziness. It was it was nuts. Coming back north, coming back into San Diego yeah. uh, was, yeah, a little bit of a crazy experience. Yeah. So uh, it was, you know, Michelle and I are pretty good about just going <laughs> comes. We were, we're looking forward to being home. And it just took, it was oh, a long yeah. process. It was, it was, it took us like two and a half hours to get through. Yeah, not the actual process of once you get Mm-mm. to the gate it's, and it's, do the, it's a circus the part. it was fun um you know yeah it was literally a circus there were people <clears throat> there were people that were on top of other people's shoulders juggling oh yeah and um all of that so yeah it was it was uh it was entertaining we could have bought so many churros <laughs> we could have, there's no telling how many pesos we could have spent on churros in the line trying to get back to the so. Good morning, Anna Maria. Um, I would have to say that we would, uh, uh, if if we ever do that again that way, that we will probably like make sure we've got, uh, you know, a few thousand pesos, which is which equates to, you know, a yeah. hundred dollars, and um, just it's, buy stuff. But yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a. It was, I'm glad we made the trip. I am too. We just drove down for a couple of nights and. Uh, yeah. We're able to, you know, enjoy the mm-hmm. the culture. That was the main thing. I mean, it's not the area that we went to. There's certainly touristy, more lush mm-hmm. parts of Mexico than where we went. But it was... Um, it was really a beautiful experience. It did give us an opportunity yeah. to, uh, to see the, the culture. And it's an interesting mix where they're trying to serve the tourist group mm-hmm. because they do, they are a, um, a port for cruise ships. So, you know, those groups come in and out. So anyway, yeah. it was, um, it was quite, yeah. a, quite a thing. Well, we were asked a few times, are you from a cruise? It's like, no, we just are here. Just drove down. <laughs> we'll have to bring some churros to, to Anna Maria. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun day though. Mm-hmm. A fun experience. And, yeah. uh, and it was an interesting day on the way back and on uh, Monday. So, and then, uh, I spent the night in, uh, California and then on, mm-hmm. Back last the rest night, of the so. way through last night. Um, yeah. So we got we rolled in late, and uh, yeah, we're and here. here. We are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we're sitting down the microphones, and Michelle's like, "So what's the topic?" Well, today? yeah. And, well, it was funny because we were we were like having coffee because we do that mm-hmm. every morning. And Jim looks at me and he goes, "None of the podcast studio is set up." Dang it. Okay. All in the, that's not what she said, but uh, <laughs> she, she softened it for the morning show audience, <laughs> but we had to hustle and get set up. Yeah. We had taken all of our equipment to San Diego and had not yet unpacked. That yeah. It was, it traveled with us. And let me tell you, border crossing um, on the way in, they were like, what's that? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 
yeah, studio mm-hmm. stuff. I think we yeah. mentioned that last mm-hmm. uh, our last podcast. Yeah, so we so. can get down to our topic, okay. which is um, it, it's going to be fairly brief today because the uh, the topic is one that you know we try on this show to not mm-hmm. bring stuff that's not provable or that we can't you know get to some real data, and this is one where you're really just not going to find much data, but we're going off of information that you hear from dealers. You know, we've heard dealers talk about this thing about um, being able to, you know, force a customer into a particular car. That's really where it comes from. We'll hear dealers out there on social media threads saying, you know, because of this customer's qualifications, they will go back to the customer and say, here's the car you can buy. This is buy here, pay here. You don't get a choice. Here's your car, Uh you know. And while we certainly understand there are going to be some situations where income is limited to get to a payment ratio, you know, we may have Mm -hmm. a a short list of available cars, but I think the question becomes how much, and and we hear dealers say, at least express verbally that they feel like some pride of ownership translates into the customer's commitment. Yeah. And I, we, we had a really long conversation on um, driving yesterday kind of about this and we went down a zillion rabbit holes cause that's what we do. So, um, Jim's going to have to make sure I stay on track. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. It's right. But, um, you know, one of the things that kind of brought, it was part of the conversation when we were, um, interviewing Stan, Stan um, Summerall, Stan Summerall, uh, I, I, Jim and Stan don't really know each other very well. Um, you know, they, that was the first time they've met face to face and no, second time, second just time. Didn't get a chance to spend time okay. The um, and, and, uh, the uh, Stan kind of walked us through their process on the lot and it's so similar to what Jim did on his lot and, um, and what we, what we teach. Um, or what, what we coach, um, dealers getting into the space or whatever to do. And, and it's, it's first off, it's not about the car. It's about, you know, that when they, when they land or they come on the lot it's like, Hey, how are you doing? We're so glad you're here. Have you heard about us? You know, or how have you heard about us? Um, so you understand, you know, our program. Okay, great. Let's go inside. Let me get a little bit of information from you and let's figure out what what car is going to work best, you know, or uh, what your options are. And so by the time he's done with that, he's like, here are the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Let's go check them out mm-hmm. and see, you know, see what you want to, what you want to, um, test drive or, or, um, or take home. But it's giving them a choice that it's like on the front end, it's not about the car. It's about the pro about the program. And then it's giving them the choice. It's like, these are, these are the cars that are going to really work well for you. So, um, you know, based on their needs and all of those kind of things. So well, <clears throat> one thing you can see when you just see people in traffic, mm-hmm. just in their cars, um, you can see that some people really just love their car. They just really, whether it's bumper stickers or whatever else they've done to, they've kind of taken ownership. Personalized of it. And personalized. <laughs> so some people love their car in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, others, it's just a machine to get me back and forth to work. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak to this. I can't say for sure. But really what we wanted to break down today was this matter of if a customer is pigeonholed into one particular car, just being really extreme about it, if you just had one choice, you know, and, and so this is the one and only car that we'll finance for you. 
I mean, what's the likelihood that that customer feels very bonded to that car or very loyal to that situation? Well, and we we were talking about too yesterday how you know we already have this um, this uh, tension between a dealer and a customer. They don't want to. They don't. They know that they're they're. Um, poor credit and, and that it's a gamble or they, is, is this person going to, to finance me or not? And so there's already that level of, um, of friction between a dealer and their customer. And, you know, it's as a dealer, if we, especially as a white hat dealer, it's, it part of our, part of our goal is to make them feel as comfortable as, as, um, uh, you know, remove as much of that friction as you possibly can and to make them feel like they've, they've landed in the right place and that these are people that they can work with and, and know and, and all of that. Um, and so when we, when we choose a car for them, it's just like adding another layer of friction and it, and it, and it turns people into more of a victim. In a yeah, way. And it sounds a little to me like disrespect, mm -hmm. you know, when we, and look, the customer's a tough situation and there are certain mm -hmm. things you can't change. You can't change customer's income. So if the customer's, mm -hmm. that's their only income and co-buyer is not a possibility, then, you know, sometimes the math is going to place limitations. We understand yeah. that. But the question is, how do you do that and not have the customer feel, you know, disrespected or mm -hmm. somehow cheated? And, um, and, and people will hear this, Michelle, and they will say, oh gosh, that's bleeding hard. This is buy here, pay here. I'm, I'm in business, you know, for, for myself and I can, you know, and so I think what we want to have a chance to do is talk this through and break it down a little bit and, and have some, some dealers. Unfortunately, we learned as we're going live that we're not broadcasting this morning into the success group mm -hmm. or some of the others. So we'll have to share that after. So we don't, as far as our live interaction during the broadcast, we may not see as much, but the, um, the reality is we're just trying to understand what, what impact does it have? We just, right now we can't prove it. Just let's ask the question of dealers. What impact can it have when we can offer the customer more choices? They can choose a car that they're excited about, that they're proud to have in their driveway. What, how does that translate into the customer's commitment to and willingness to follow through on the car payments? And then, <laughs> Obviously, if we keep it to there, there's lots of other things that happen uh -huh. in terms of how we support the car and all these kind of things in terms of the customer's ultimate success. Mm -hmm. But I, I have an anecdotal story. Please. Okay. Um, and, and it's uh, when I got married, I was young. Um, this is uh, a long time ago. Um and my mom took me to go pick out a wedding dress. And, you know, I'm an adult. Mom's paying for the wedding dress. <laughs> and so um, we get there. And I had something in mind that I wanted, um, you know, the, or that I, it's like the, I had an envision. This this is the type of thing that I, that I wanted. And I was pigeonholed into a specific type of dress. And that dress never meant very much to me. It just didn't because it's like, it's not what I wanted. It's, it's, it was chosen for me. It was a beautiful day. Didn't like the dress, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I needed it. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was my, it was my only option. 
Um, and it, so it, and it held a little bit of heartburn to me, mm -hmm. um, for uh, quite a while. I mean, towards uh, not, not that I was angry at my mom, but it was just like, ah, you know, I, I just, I felt like all of my choice had been taken away, um, because they, uh, you know, the, uh, the, their reason was it's not bad credit. It was you're young. Mm -hmm. And so you don't get to choose. Um, and, and we know better. And it really, it just, it caused, um, you know, just a level of heart. And I never really loved that dress. Right. And, you know, it's obviously I'm not going to put on the dress and drive it around town and stuff. Yeah. But it's like when, when you let someone choose, mm -hmm. you know, it's one thing to say, here's your budget. Here are the dresses you can choose from. Then it's like, it's their choice. I didn't even get that choice. I was right. like, this is the dress. Uh -huh. It's like, mm, I don't like it. Well, those other ones are not, they just aren't good for you. So this is the dress that you need. You might be able to afford the other ones, but that's just, you know, this is, this is the thing. Sure. And, and I, would, mm -hmm. I would just say in our car industry, one of the things too, that's an interesting kind of balance is, you know, I'm the same guy who's telling dealers, mm -hmm. look, are we, are we running with too much inventory? Do we have too many dollars tied up in inventory? Is it really about selection. So to be clear, I want the customer to have some choice and some selection. Mm -hmm. We don't need to have um, the kind of selection 50 that a franchise cars or a to choose from. Yeah. Have. Yeah. So what so, color, what color is seats? Yeah. Yeah. Certainly some choices within the price range because it's mostly financially driven. Mm -hmm. So, and, and look, I also get, it's tough to buy cars in certain price ranges right now. So mm -hmm. it's tough to satisfy that thing, but I'm simply suggesting that Dealers tell us again mm -hmm. and again that when the customer has pride of ownership, that mm -hmm. they will, um, you know, follow through. And we can, we don't have to know how that works for a buy here, pay mm -hmm. customer because we're consumers ourselves and we can see how that would look or feel yeah. from our perspective and, and how it would impact our commitment to, you know, the car yeah. that, we, that we have. You know, one of the things, again, Stan, um, when we spoke with him, that I, I just really respected how he, um, how he runs his business, how, you know, what happens when, when someone lands on the lot, but, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's that the, they'll, they'll choose a car. And if they say, but you know, this is the one that I want. And, and if it's something that's not a wise choice for the dealer, because mm -hmm. it's, they're going to have to pay more, you know, whatever the reason is, is that his response was something along the lines of, um, for now, this is what we can do, but I tell you what, if you make your payments on time for X amount of months, come back in right. and we'll see if we can get you into something like that. Sure. But, you know, we're just, we're going to have to get through a few months mm -hmm. of, of this. So take good care of the car and make your payments on time and then come back in and let's have a conversation and, and move from there. Right. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I also appreciated hearing what Stan had to say. It's easy to, <clears throat> excuse me. I it's should. easy to understand how, um, how Stan has enjoyed so much success. He's mm -hmm. very charismatic. He obviously he's kind. extends to his yeah. entire team. Yeah, he's a very kind person. Uh, so, you know, the whole thing about becoming known, liked, and trusted, it's easy to see in Stan's mm -hmm. case how that translates. And so it's um, it's part of why we, you know, we, we want others to enjoy similar success. And so they can um, have a chance to learn from that. By the way, I'll just take a quick moment to make sure folks know that 
on our YouTube playlist, I created a playlist for mm -hmm. the LHPH Summit for those mm -hmm. uh, live sessions that we did on BHPH Nation TV over there, or should I call it LHPH Nation TV uh -huh. for the <laughs> event. We, uh, so all those are in a playlist. Mm -hmm. If you go over there to uh, the, the YouTube playlist, and please subscribe to our channel over there. All of our stuff is landing over there, and you'll see it first when you subscribe to YouTube. But you'll find that there. So the, those, the conversation with Dan Grovener is over there. Uh, of course, we had a good conversation with Steve Levine, uh, Chad Martin, and J.P. Bryan. Uh, mm -hmm. So Trevor Watson. So those, all those um, conversations are are recorded and, and archived uh, on that playlist. You can find them there. And then while we're talking about that, a couple of quick announcements, and then we can wrap up for the day. Yeah. We'll be back here Friday. But I think on uh, the other two uh, things to make you aware of, we've got two episodes coming up on our Wednesday episodes. Next Wednesday, mm -hmm. Russell Moore will be with us and uh, yeah. we got a really rich conversation to talk about. So make sure you tune into that one next I mean, Wednesday. It was based on, and it was it's funny because the, the topic was something that I ran across um, in August and Jim and I had a conversation about it and there was just a lot of other things going on. Um, and, and it was put on a list of here's some good topics. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we, we keep, we keep it keeps coming up and then it's it just was like let's do this because it, it's it's a really good and it'll be a really good and rich conversation especially after coming off of um uh the summit and and watching some of the conversations that are happening on social media and it's around capital mm -hmm. and um and just you know how how things are are constricting in some ways and you know we see we see a lot of uh, um, a lot of dealerships for various reasons, big ones um, that are closing their doors, mm -hmm. and so it kind of ties into some of that. It'll be a really um, uh, it'll be a great conversation um, with Russell, and um, yeah, it was based on a based on a thread that came out of the boardroom. Yeah, BHPH boardroom yeah. Facebook group. So mm -hmm. yeah, that was uh, and that's that's a good one. We heard we we were hearing, um, mm -hmm. and we heard at the summit. Uh, different references to lenders withdrawing mm -hmm. from the space. So we know that happens in mm -hmm. periods like ours and in certain economic climates. Um, so we're we're watchful of that. And so the the conversation mm -hmm. with Russell will be how our communication as dealers with our lenders and capital providers is similar or can be viewed as similar to the conversations that you as dealers are having with, with your, your consumers. Customers. And so let's let's talk that through and let's figure out, you know, what that really means. And of course, when we introduced our Appendix W, I explained that mm -hmm. communication was one of the ones that we need to incorporate yeah. in there because that will certainly be one of the pillars of of White Hat Way is mm -hmm. is helping folks know how to communicate through difficult times because we can all anticipate that of course through the course of a four-year contract mm -hmm. with a consumer, we're we're bound to have some hiccups. So the question yeah. is. How do we navigate those hiccups, whether it's mechanical problem, job change, death in the family? There's all this stuff that can and, uh, and typically will happen. So so it's really about communication. So that'll be this coming Wednesday. And then the Wednesday after that, we've got Seth Merrifield, who from Alabama mm -hmm. will be making his first appearance on the Buy Here, Pay Your Morning show. On a White Hat Wednesday as well. Super excited. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he is. Uh -huh. And uh, we're excited to have him here. And uh, so we, we definitely on a White Hat Wednesday, we've got a topic to talk about in terms of interest rate. Uh, Seth is somebody who made the decision to lower his interest rate, which I find fascinating. I want to talk through, mm -hmm. you know, the the decision making there, and uh, we'll try to maybe bring another dealer or two who's in mm -hmm. a similar place. But, but yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, and uh, 
we won't bore you with a lot of math on that Wednesday. We want to really just talk about the, the, the feel good the, stuff. The, yeah. The feel good yeah. element to that and then decision there, there is some math I'm sure behind his decision to do that. Mm -hmm. In fact, I know because he referenced that when he first uh, shared that he was doing that, but yeah, it'll be an interesting thing to break down is why, why a dealer would choose to lower their interest rate, you know? In well, and we have, we've asked um, dealers just kind of point blank before, if you could move your needle of repos and on and payments, um, delinquency, move your, move the needle like 2%, 3%. And, um, and, it, and you were experiencing, you know, a stronger portfolio. Would you be willing to, um, shift that to your consumer? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been really, it, it's, been beautiful. The response that we've gotten from those that we've talked to is like, yeah, mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, we, we, we first need to make sure that our bills are paid and, and that we're able to do the things and, you know, uh, uh, run a successful business, but yeah, let's, let's help the consumer. Um, yeah. and you know, it's not taking anything out of our pockets necessarily that, that wasn't there, um, or that, that was there a few months before or, you know, a year before when you, um, until you started making some shifts in your business model, that's helping them be more successful. So, right. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, choice comes up for us in other areas. I'm all the time working with clients and urging them to provide the customer the choice. I think our ability to connect with consumers has a lot to do with our ability to adapt, to meet them where they are. So often in the, if you think about the CRM side mm -hmm. or the lead management and conversations that we have with customers, I'm always encouraging our clients to, why don't we create a scenario where the customer can choose? Do you want to, do you want to choose a car first and then figure out the financing or do you want to apply for financing and then we'll choose from cars? Yeah. That, with, with understanding qualify? if it, you know, if you choose a car that you, that we can't get financed, um, you know, that's kind of disappointing. So let's, let's yeah. figure out. But, I, but, but yeah. really I'm showing respect to the consumer yes. just by saying, which would you prefer? Yeah. Like just, I'm, I'm going to try to make it the experience that you're looking for, which is mm -hmm. what in business, what we should all be doing. Yeah. We're going to increase our chances of connecting with consumers when we don't, uh, force them through, um, you know, a gauntlet that is, is our design. Mm -hmm. And I think when we've got more flexibility around that, we have a better chance to connect with the consumer. Yeah. So that's my biggest motivation there. One is to show respect to the customer and two is to create a better experience for them in doing so. And so we know that's a possibility. And so we're just always trying to create, create that, yeah. uh, that choice for the customer. And then Absolutely. there will come points where we have to steer uh, the customer, but uh, generally speaking, I want to be able to provide them choices. And, and so to me, to the, the, the crux of, uh, of when people feel like they don't have choice, it's a very different experience to the experience they have when they feel like they do have choice. Yeah, and, you know, we just, we want to make sure that our consumers have a good experience. Mm -hmm. And part of that is give them a choice, sure. give them choice yeah. in, in how they want and to uh, proceed. The, the customer at the end of the day is paying for the car. It's not like we're gifting them the vehicle. Yeah. They're paying for it. So let's make sure that, yeah. you know, we can offer them as much choice as, as we possibly can. But I think that's it for today. Hun. we can wrap up there. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us on Wednesday. Yep. Um, I look forward to putting the rest of our our studio back, back together back. again. Yeah. <laughs> Although when I see you guys on Friday, I will be um, um, on the road. Actually, I'm heading up to Seattle for a friend's um, 
some stuff with my mom and my brother. So uh, I will so we'll be in different places, but I will see you on Friday. So, Amen. all right, guys. Thanks again. Have a great Wednesday. Have a great Wednesday.